Caspian actually monk? No. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> My mom had psychic ability. So, I think I'll... So the path of meditation has... Um, has a definite structure to it and a definite depth to it. So the times that I've practiced on retreats that I've been away for you know months and just being silent and really going deeper and deeper and deeper, there's actual um, kind of like notable landmarks in a way that you can get to. And it starts to have a, a form and a direction of what has actually happened. So this is for somebody who's really kind of engaging on the path of meditation and really kind of going for it, so to say. Um, you can get very, very, very deep. And deep just, just mean kind of like I'm sitting here relaxed and happy. Um, when we talk about deep in meditation, I guess it's important to talk about what happens in meditation. What is this actually? So the way that I describe it is that it's a... Um, it's a distillation process that you move from gross to subtle. So gross to subtle means that the, the grossest aspect is our, is our daily life. It's all the stuff we're doing, um, the plans we have, the positions we hold, our families, our relationships. So all the things that are outwardly focused that don't even have anything to do with us even presently sitting here. It's all the stuff like outside of this room. So it's very, very external. And then you take one step inwards, and then you come into a space like this, where we put all that stuff away, so it's almost like a step of seclusion from your daily life. Right, so now we're sitting here in this room. And then when we meditate, then there's another step of seclusion where you close your eyes, you turn inwards, you drop the whole social aspect, the whole spatial relationship between where I am and what's going on. And then it's kind of like your body, your feelings, your thoughts, your mind. And then after you're kind of in that place, eventually your body sensation starts to disappear. And then it's kind of like your thoughts and your feelings. And then eventually your thoughts disappear and it's kind of just like these subtle feelings. And then the feelings disappear. And then there's just kind of like this like willpower, a little bit, sense of self-direction. And then um, kind of the, the direction disappears, the sense of self disappears. It gets to this place where it's kind of just the space and this awareness, um, then even the space disappears and it's just kind of this unifying awareness and then even the awareness itself breaks down into kind of moments of the mind just arising and passing and this is kind of in the Buddhist way of talking about meditation um, this is kind of where at the very very end of the meditation tunnel so to say it really brings you to this place where um, when we talk about ourselves as human beings right we spend a lot of our time in the human and not so much time just being, right? So meditation is really the path to the deepest levels of, of beingness, that everything drops away, the, everything that you think is you actually starts to drop away, so it's like this really deep shedding process. And it really, it's a distillation, so it distills kind of to the more and more essential parts of this, this human experience, what is this? For classes like this, because that's kind of something out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
what I really try to do, and you know how you were saying like that you have classes in the morning and you want to know like kind of how to teach meditation. What I found is really great is that one of the most basic things we can do is at least learn how to erase all the stuff that's not in this room just to kind of be present here and then even make a couple of those steps inward. So even kind of relax the body, relax the mind, get into that state of kind of peace and relaxation. And I found that it's kind of like, um, I'm going to like use a new metaphor, I guess. So it's like if you had like an Etch-a-Sketch, I guess. And if you drew like a picture of, you know, all the stuff that's happening in your life, we're trying to find resolution to a lot of things at once. Yeah, we have our families, our jobs, our health, our financial situations, the government. There's all these different problems all going on at once. And our way of trying to resolve that, normally it's with the Etch-a-Sketch to kind of draw new solutions and fix this and do that and do that. So it's very, this busy, active process of doing new things. I'll cross that out and I'll do that. And what meditation says is, you know, if, if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for resolution, if you keep playing in the same game, if you keep playing on the screen of the Etch-a-Sketch, you're still just making more lines. You're still just making more stuff. Um, or likewise, so I, when I was a kid, I had one of those. It has like, um, it's like a little case and has nails, but, you know, dulled nails, and you stick your hand in it, and then it makes like the imprint of your hand in the nail. This used to be like the Learning Express upstairs. Like they had them here, actually. Um, so, you know, so it's like you push your hand in, and then like this imprint of your hand comes out the other side, you know, in like the glass case. And... All you really need to do is you just need to kind of shift it down and then those nails just kind of slide back into this neutral place, right? The Etch-a-Sketch is kind of, whatever that would be called, sift it and it just disappears, you know? And then you're going to get out of this room and then you're going to make another like drawing, right? You're going to make another imprint, a happy imprint, a scared imprint, a nervous imprint, right? And then that fades away too. And we take all of our imprints very seriously, right? We believe things that we think, we believe things we feel, we... We, um, we create a lot of karma, we, we follow, we do actions, and those actions have results, and then we like, get those responses. And, and there's a whole story that follows, our, our history, right, that follows with us. But if you really focus deeply at any one moment, there's actually nothing happening. In any given moment, like, there's nothing wrong. There's not, you know, a lot of people come to these meditations and they're all like stressed out. And, and it's like, well, like, what, what are we stressed out about right, right now, actually? Maybe there's stuff happening later, maybe, but right now there's really nothing going on. And the problem with us at the moment, so socially I guess I could say, is that we wind ourselves up a lot because we have a lot of things to deal with, so we make ourselves very tight, we have a lot going on. But we don't know how to then like release that to relax. Um, so we hold that tension, that, that wound upness all day long and even people have trouble sleeping and stuff and because they can't they just hold that hold that hold that a lot of people thinking that that's what they need to survive and a lot of people maybe it's true maybe they're actually living lives they're unhappy with or there's just things that are out of balance so the way that they go through their life is with willpower with force with pushing so they have to keep attention to keep things moving uh, not realizing that that's actually not sustainable so in the monastery we had lots of people with burnout with depression lots of we actually had an acupuncture and massage clinic, so our teacher was also like an acupuncture doctor in Chinese medicine. And you see all these people that came, a lot of them with health problems, you could really trace it back actually to their minds. 
to their emotions, to the fact that um, their bodies are starting to say, I can't keep up with you anymore. I have to, I'm, I'm out and quitting, you know. That the body starts to break down because people are trying to force themselves. So when you start practicing meditation, what it helps you do is kind of get that restart. And I think that's the, the most basic thing that we can give in like a session like this, like in the morning sessions, the 20 minutes, is that you just hold the space for people that they can just kind of come to a reset. And to reset, it doesn't mean that you need to have all the solutions to everything. You will never have the solutions to everything. Life is an ongoing process until you die. Yeah, it's not like some, eventually, ah, oh, it's like resolved, like in the movies, like there's like this end point and everything's like okay again. Life is a constant, pro I mean, I'm sure you all know, but we don't know for some reason, that life is an ongoing process, there's no end. We're always walking over a bridge, over a huge valley, that we're constantly building as we're walking over it, right? We're keeping ourselves up and we're building as we're going, and that's life. Even the fact that you have to breathe or else you die. You have to eat or else, right? Even the body is a constant thing. We have to feed it to keep it afloat. So it's not like there's this end point where everything's going to be okay, right? And that's why we need to do things like this. We need to take care of ourselves on the way. We need to find how sustainably to keep going day to day to day to day um, and not think that it's just going to like end and everything's going to finally, right? Because, you know, my mom, she's retiring like next week. And she's retiring, that's the place a lot of people look forward to. Oh, I finally have to retire. And she's terrified. She's like, I don't know, you know, hang out. You know, and she, in her mind, it's like a whole, my whole new problem starts when I retire, right? So, so just kind of realizing that it's not like you're going to find the solutions to everything and then relax. So to realize that wherever you are with everything, just set it down for now. And that's kind of this very revolutionary thing is to realize that you can just put things down and just take a break, take a breath, take a breather, as they say, take a rest. And then you can pick it up again. And then when you pick it up again, you realize you're more relaxed, you're more energized. When you pick stuff up again, it's much lighter, it's easier to work with. Maybe you'll even realize that some of that stuff you don't even need to pick up, right? Maybe somebody posted something on Facebook that you're angry about and you're carrying that around, right? And then you come out of the meditation and that thing comes up again. You're like, I'm not gonna, no, you keep, keep going. Like, I'm not gonna, Hold on to that, you know. So you start to familiarize yourself with that place of relaxation, of peace, of, of not really holding on to stuff. And then in your daily life, as situations come up, as emotions come up, you start to become wiser about what you grab onto. You start to become wiser about what you carry around. Because you've spent so much time putting things down in meditation that you start to say, why do I want to hold this? One of my teachers, Achan, he said it's like the farmer who goes into the chicken shed and he collects the produce of the night before and he goes into his kitchen and then he dumps the basket of chicken shit on the counter. And his wife is like, you idiot. You're not supposed to collect the shit. You're supposed to collect the eggs. Yeah? So the chicken makes both eggs and shit overnight. Yeah? But some of us, we fill our baskets with the shit and we carry it around. Talk about, look at how much shit, this is shit. And we carry it around, it's heavy, and we complain about it, and it stinks everywhere we go. We stink up every place we go to. Yeah? And some people, they go and they take the eggs. Right? So it's about starting to become more wise about how we, how we live our lives and realizing that, just like, you know, you, 
I just moved into a new a new home, and it's like you you make your home nice. You put nice things in your home. Things that you every time you come and you look at it, and it resonates nice things to you. You don't go in your home and dump trash in the corner, right? But we do that to our minds. We're constantly dumping trash in our minds, like the things we we read, the things we look at, the conversations we have, our own thoughts and feelings. Um, we carry around a lot of stuff within us that's actually harmful, that we wouldn't wish upon anybody, but we keep carrying it simply because we don't realize that we actually have a choice and a responsibility about what we're filling ourselves with. So by kind of being able to put stuff down again and again and again, it just starts to build a, a wiser and more um, conscious relationship to our own mental states and to what's going on. And also we get to rest, we get to relax a little bit, which, you know, I also give energy healings, I do like group healings. And one of the main things I see in the healings, besides the fact that there's like a lot of energy flowing around and stuff, just the fact that people get to lay down and relax and not have to do anything for half an hour, it's like the biggest thing in the world. I, I'm, maybe one day I'll try it, like I'll have everyone lay down and I'll like close your eyes and I'll just like walk out of the room and just like read a book and then come back in and be like, so open your eyes, so how was it, right? Amazing, right? Yeah. Because I really believe that a lot of the issues people have, it's because they're just so balled up that just to be able to relax, for somebody to say, I'll take care of you for the next half hour on, a, on your deepest energetic soul level, you can just relax. And to allow people to do that, a lot of great stuff, a lot of healing happens already. A lot of that trash they're allowed just to put down, you know, they're allowed to unwind. A lot of the body's natural healing mechanisms are allowed to even move through, just deep relaxation, right? So, um, so don't think that when you're sleeping, that's your time for relaxing your mind, right? Because when you sleep, you're dreaming and it's still going and it's running. So actually, the only way to, to actually relax the mind, we know how to relax the body. I think at, at night, the body relaxes. But the way to really relax the mind, it's actually meditation. The mind relaxes through, um, through stillness, through letting go, through kind of dropping, distilling, getting more into the presence. So this class is um, an hour class, and I think that's like a pretty cool amount of time for a class. So it gives me time to talk, and then it gives us time to sit. I haven't yet thought of the, um, the formula for how I want to do these classes. So who here feels comfortable sitting like 20 minutes, for instance? Like would a 20 minute sit, does that feel like overwhelming for some people? Just be honest. I'm open to it. You're open to it? Okay. Yeah, well, that's, sure, that's all part of it. Um, so really quickly, I can talk about sitting. So one of the kind of basic things that it's important for people to know is a lot of people, they're sitting too low, like most people sit too low, um, that actually you want to maybe stack a couple cushions or a couple things. So you want to kind of get your hips up above your knees a little bit. You want to be up. Um, because I would not say that I'm a flexible human being, um, but I can sit like this. <clears throat> and a way that I can describe it is that if you're sitting kind of higher up, so a lot of people like they're sitting like this, right? So it's like, imagine if you just let yourself slowly fall forward as if you were kind of falling forward. Right? But then you just straighten your back. And then it's kind of your, your knees are both on the ground and your butt sitting. So one of the most basic ways to sit, which is if you're like incredibly inflexible, which could be some of us, 
is also just the straddle position, so you have bolsters, right? So sitting like this on either side of the bolster, it's also super easy and comfortable. Um, Japanese monks, they sit like that, like under their feet. And I think that's from like the samurai days, because then they could just like jump up onto the feet if they needed to, right? Um, but that's like a really simple way to sit, if you just sat in, in a straddle position over a bolster. And then if you want, um, this is called open lotus, which is like one foot in front of the other, kind of like that. And um, if, you, if you are sitting cross-legged, but there's kind of things floating in the air, also just grab a cushion and just stick it right under your knee, or a blanket and stick it under your knee, just to give yourself some support. Yeah, so it's years of sitting at five in the morning at the monastery, come to realize if your legs are not stable, you're just going to tip over when you start to relax. And if you're sitting cross-legged, but you're sitting on one of your feet, then your foot's going to fall asleep if you're putting pressure on it. So that's another one of those little lessons. Um, so the sitting position is simply something you're going to be playing around with. It took me a while to figure out how to sit comfortably myself. And if during the meditation you feel that you need to shift and adjust, you're allowed to, right? So there's nobody like watching you with a, a whipping pole or something that if you move your legs, like you're bad. Um, I don't know, people think this sometimes. So, you know, if you're sitting and your leg hurts, then you can just slowly take your leg and you can shift it or you can, you know, do whatever you need to do. So feel free to move during the meditation if you need to. Um, but do it slowly and mindfully. So even if you have to move, it doesn't mean that it really has to kick you that far out of the meditation, right? You can just do it slowly, and then you're just back in the meditation again. Yeah, so whatever happens within the meditation, just do it with mindfulness, and then your mind will stay in the zone, so it's easy. Okay, yes? So when you're thinking about your sitting position, then what are the, are there like a criteria you're, you're using to evaluate, like your, you said your hips are above, your knees, and your, yeah. your knees are on the floor. Right, I mean, the, you know, the way that I was taught, it's like you want the three points of contact, like the two knees and your butt kind of as like a little bit of a, a tripod in that sense. Um, but I found that when I was in Asia, they were much more, you know, flexible, and a lot of the monks were Vietnamese in our temple. And, um, I don't know why, like, you know, when we're in India, you know, everyone's like sitting like this. They just sit like this, like, you know, no cushion. There's, this is like the toilet stands. This is like the waiting for the bus. This is sometimes like in the kitchen, like cooking. So, and also in Vietnam, right, they'd just be sitting there like this, sitting around. So um, they're more used to bending this area. There's more things happening. Whereas we don't have that. So I try not to stress people out from the get-go by saying, like, here's how you have to sit, you know. In Thailand, they say, like, right foot over left, right hand over left, back straight, I, like this, you know, very strict, like. If you don't sit like that, you're not doing it right. Um, I say there's no right way to sit. You're just, um, well, so. I say there's no right way to sit, but there's wrong ways to sit. And the wrong way to sit would be a way that hurts. You know, if you're in pain, then don't do that. Right. So, um, yeah, so really just figure it out for yourself. Stay more or less upright and relax. And if you have to shift, go for it. Ask you a question. Sure. <clears throat> I was hearing about how you're supposed to sit up straight. Yeah. Keep your spine straight. Yeah. While you're meditating, sometimes if you relax, you find that kind of, is that something to be worried about or just? Yeah, I'm very worried
<laughs> so um, when I'm sitting and meditating, if if I ever notice that I'm kind of starting to fall forward or slouch, right? So like I said before about shifting positions, like if you notice you're kind of doing this a little bit, then you can just kind of slowly sit back, you know. And even sometimes in my meditation, I'll just kind of do a quick stretch. I'll just kind of, you know, stretch out and then sit again. So it's not about holding your body as still as possible, not right? So we need to let go of all of the concepts, the rigidness that's been drilled into us about practice, right? So it's really about staying soft, being organic, doing whatever you need to do for yourself to get yourself into that state. Um, but yeah, I mean, be aware of it. You know, if you're, if you're hunching, um, that might just simply hurt your back. And over time, definitely, will screw up your body a bit. So. Yeah. Okay. And I'll lead us into the meditation, so don't worry if you don't know what to do in the meditation. Okay, yeah, so sit, sit in the way that you feel comfortable, you feel stable.